Georgia, founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another amazing episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen, the podcast about all things food. This week, we are here to talk about all things kombucha, gut health, startup journeys, and a delicious product, which is Momo Kombucha. Co founder Josh and I have a great conversation about his journey with Momo, the amazing benefits of kombucha for your health, gut health, and mood as well as how Momo plays a huge part in Josh's family dynamic, to the extent where Josh would say that Momo is the middle child in between his two children, Cece and Kaya. This is such an open and honest conversation about an amazing product and brand, which I think you're going to love. Josh Puddle, co-founder of Momo, a small batch kombucha brand brewed in glass jars. The husband and wife team have created an amazingly authentic brand, which I can't wait to hear more about. Let's meet Josh. So I'm sat here with Josh from Momo. So how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So to start with, because I won't do it justice, it'd be really great to hear like a little 30 second elevator pitch about who you are and what you do at Momo. Sure. So um, yeah, my name's Josh Puddle. Uh, I started Momo Kombucha with my wife coming up to four years ago. Um, we're now a B Corp certified company and we brew it just down the road from here actually in Vauxhall. Um, so in terms of what makes Momo special, we essentially make it the homemade way. So what that means in practice is we brew it entirely in small glass jars. Um, it's completely unfiltered. So we've got all the live cultures in the liquid, which gives it a much fuller depth of flavor. Uh, and also we're certified organic. Amazing. I can't believe it's been four years. Like, I feel like you guys have done loads in that four years. I mean, it's probably flown by for you as well. But yeah, already B Corp certified. Yeah, it's, it's in a lot of really cool places in London. I see it around a lot. I mean, we had this conversation a bit earlier <laughs> and we were like, you know, what people see compared to what, how you feel is so different. But yeah, four years, that must have gone really quick. It has, yeah. I mean, it's um, yeah, it's crazy to think we're coming up to our, our fourth fourth year birthday. It's kind of been a... Um, I mean, it feels to me like it's been quite a slow grind, kind of edging our edging our way forward. Um, but since we started, we've kind of steadily been moving in the in the right direction. And I think if we if we keep going, hopefully we can continue going in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. So a tradition on the podcast is we have quick fire questions all about okay. food. So let's just do those to get to know you a bit more. So sweet or savory? Savory. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Juicy burger. Crisps or popcorn? Crisps. Ice cream or sorbet? Ice cream. Cook in or eat out? Eat out. And what is your favourite delivery? Technically they're not on delivery, but we always get Ganapati as our takeaway option, which is a curry house in South East London. Oh, amazing. It's, it's incredible. That sounds really good. I think I love like a little small curry house. I feel like they do it better. Yeah, they, they, these guys really are. They're really the best. Mm, that sounds really good. So I want to start with a really broad question. And if people listening don't know what kombucha is, can you please explain like what is kombucha? Sure. So in its simplest form, kombucha is fermented tea. So it's a healthy soft drink. Um, it's a little bit sweet, a little bit tangy. Uh, it's low in sugar. It naturally com- contains probiotics and organic acids. And even though it's brewed from tea, 
it doesn't taste anything like tea um but it's uh it's a really really in my opinion a really special special drink and because when it's fermented some people often ask well I've had people ask me do you think kombucha tastes a bit like beer and I'm like well not really, but is there a process of making kombucha compared to making beer slightly similar at all? Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities with making beer and making wine. Um, so with the, with the fermentation, well, with kombucha fermentation, there's kind of four stages to the fermentation. Um, and one of the key ones of that is the yeast in the kombucha culture start consuming sugar and they convert that sugar to alcohol and carbon dioxide is exactly what happens in in beer mm-hmm. but then the next stage on from that in kombucha is the <clears throat> the bacteria feeds off the alcohol and to produce the um the kind of organic acids the main one being acetic acid which gives kombucha that kind of vinegary flavor mm-hmm. um and that's that's why at the end of it you've got a, a product that's full of probiotics but um zero alcohol or just very small trace amounts of alcohol. Okay, so there's such an art to it, which kind of leads me on to my next question, because I'm aware that you guys kind of brought the idea from America, your wife and you kind of decided that that was, you were so fascinated and loved it and brought it over to the UK. How did you begin that, what seems like a huge task of learning how to make kombucha yourself, and how did you learn about it, and what were your first kind of early steps? It's a very good question. So we actually, so we, we came across it, it was in May of 2016. And the idea had been kind of percolating for the whole of the rest of that year. And then it was, uh, it was, it was Christmas time of that year and I was back at my parents' house. And I just felt like, right, now's the time to really do something about this idea. So I went online, bought a £30 kombucha kit and bought uh, the Bible of kombucha, which is called the Big Book of um, it's called the Big Book of Kombucha, and it was written by a lady out in California called the Kombucha Mama. <laughs> so we got the book. Uh, we got back to our house in London, and just shortly, I think it was like maybe the, even the first of the year, we um, we made our first batch of kombucha. What was that first batch like? Uh, not not good. <laughs> Actually, still got still got a picture, and it's uh, I think we got the got the quantities quite quite wrong. But we weren't weren't deterred. We kept going. Um, so throughout the whole of January, we were just constantly making kombucha. Then I remember it was the beginning of February, and kombucha was so new in the UK. There, were, there was maybe three, four other brands, and one of those brands that just started um, was called Jar Kombucha. They brewed up in Hackney Wick, and they were holding a kombucha workshop in Source Market in Marlebone. So Lisa and I went along went along to that. We met Adam, the founder, who was super helpful. Um, he even said that night, he said, some of you are probably even thinking about starting your own, um, you know, your own kombucha brand. Shared loads of information with us. Um, so we took that away. We got home, we carried on making it, tweaking different things, you know, sugar content, fermentation times, uh, using different types of tea. And then actually we got to, I think it was April, and I had a work trip to my old job to... Um, to the US which finished in LA so I thought okay I'm going to tag a weekend on at the end LA is pretty much the home of commercial kombucha so I just got my hands on as many different types as I could find anyone who I could find in LA that would speak to me about kombucha I talked to them about it and I actually also on that trip met the kombucha mama 
so the, wow. the person who'd written this book sat down with her for a couple of hours um, and just again just asked as many many questions as I could um, and then came back to the UK and it was actually between that first brew and us selling our first bottle of Momo was close to two years um, so during that time there was a lot of trial and error before we kind of you know perfected our perfected our recipe mm. um so the short story is it wasn't wasn't easy to do <laughs> that is amazing it just I guess shows that research is just so so key to yeah. to new things like that and I love what Jar did I mean that kind of shows that competition is good competition because he literally just gave away a load of secrets be like come on guys let's kind of like create an industry over here and normally you'd think you'd want to hunt and hold that all in and not let anyone know your secrets and keep it like your thing but I guess what he actually did was create um, more of an industry that he could then be a part of, which actually makes quite a lot of sense. But at the time, you're like, why are you giving away all these secrets? But worked for you guys, obviously. Cause... Yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was super helpful for us, and I'm very grateful to him. And there were others as well. There was a. Um, I went to Denmark to visit a kombucha company called Lesk and look around their brewery. And again, uh, the guy Eric there, the head brewer, was really really open and. W- we're very fortunate that we have been in an industry where people do share a lot of a lot of information um and as you say i mean it is it's a growing industry so we kind of feel like we're growing it growing it together um and there's you know there's kind of a bit of there's a there's a hell of a lot of different kombuchas in the market ranging in my opinion in in kind of authenticity from some which are just like you would get if you were making it at home mm. and some at the other end which in my personal opinion shouldn't really be allowed to call themselves kombucha um so the guys us guys kind of making it properly you know we're very very keen that that method kind of wins out in the end so we're, yeah. we're definitely keen to keen to help each other that's actually one of my questions is like authenticity seems to be quite a big thing for you guys and i was going to ask like why is that like obviously I mean, I say obviously, but it seems like I'm sure it'd be a lot easier to kind of like rush a few processes, not do it in small jars, which we'll go on to in a minute, uh, not brew it the way you do, kind of rush it, and maybe it might even be cheaper to make, who knows? But you guys seem to kind of really take pride in like the art of it and do it properly. Like, why is that so important for you guys? Yeah, so um, my opinion right from the start was that kombucha, whether it takes five years, 10 years, 20 years, is going to become a very big category in the UK. Uh, When you think about the trends that are driving it, you've got gut health, you've got low sugar, you've got interesting alternatives to alcohol, um, you've got, even though there's a lot of kind of vegetarian, vegan drinks, kombucha is very popular in that community, which is obviously rapidly growing. So I had this very strong conviction that kombucha would grow and would become big. And obviously, if you've got a category like that, you're going to get a lot of people coming into it. So right from the start, I felt like if we if we want to survive and we want to do well, we have to try and produce the UK's best kombucha. So when, you know, part of the, the research at the beginning when we were working out the recipe was also working out the process. And we spoke to commercial brewers in the US, in Europe, in the UK, and the thing they kept saying was around, you know, brewing it in small glass jars. So we, we that's how we were making it and our stuff was tasting really good. So we thought, okay, if we're going to try and, you know, if we're going to try and do this, we're going to try and build a brand that really stands the test of time. Let's aim to be the best. And as it happens, you know, best is authentic, homemade, 
Um, so that's really why we've why we've gone down that route, and we feel very passionate about keeping it that way, even as we try and try and scale. Mm. So when you say like brewing it in small glass jars, that sounds like a very slow process. Can you shine a bit of light on like how long it actually does take to make one bottle like this? Um, how long is that process? Yeah, so it's uh, it's a very labour intensive process. But so the guys will they'll have a brew day, so they'll be brewing all day. Uh, and a big part of that brew day will be filling all of the small glass jars. So at the moment, the batch sizes we're doing, we're filling about 200 jars in a day, which you can imagine these are 10 litre jars. That's pretty pretty time consuming. Yeah. Um, those will then be put into our fermentation room. And depending on, depending on which flavour we're doing, we'll take anywhere between kind of eight days to two weeks. And then once those are fermented, we're they're, they're then ready to bottle. So generally, it's it's in total, it's about a two week two week process. Okay, and then when it's bottled, it can be ser- it can be served and consumed straight away. It doesn't have to sit or wait or anything. Yeah, no. Once it's bottled, we put it in the fridge. It's very important if it's because ours is raw and unfiltered. If you leave it out of the fridge, it will start fermenting again. Um, so it goes in the fridge and then it's uh, and then it's ready to sell. The only uh, part of the process where we differ slightly from homemade is we add a little bit of carbonation. Mm-hmm. Um, so right at the beginning, we used to naturally carbonate it in the bottle, um, but that is pretty inconsistent and you get a risk of alcohol buildup. And when we were doing samplings, we were telling people all about you know the small glass jars, organic, unfiltered, and those were really you know really resonating with people and the natural carbonation people didn't seem so concerned about and we actually felt having that inconsistency of carbonation was probably letting us down um so that's why once we bottle it and go straight in the fridge um if you were making it at home you'd bottle it you'd leave it out in the fridge for a few days and then that would build up a bit of bit of natural carbonation okay amazing so it is really like a labor of love type thing you know 10 days to two weeks for a bottle like it really is handcrafted amazingly yeah created product which is really nice i think when you are paying not it's not expensive but it's not a bottle of water so when you're paying that price for something you know that it's you know worth it because of all like the labor and everything that's gone into it so that's quite a nice a nice feeling yeah and you touched on gut health so people always say like you've been amazing drinking kombucha why is that yeah so um a raw and unfiltered kombucha like momo um, it's full of live cultures so these are different types of bacteria and yeast um, and one of the things that we've learned about gut health is the diversity of the bacteria in your microbiome so adding fermented real fermented foods to your diet that are full of those live cultures helps populate um, the gut with that with that diversity um, and then the the reason you want a healthy microbiome is because it has a big impact on things like your mood, things like your immunity, uh, and also things like your your body's ability to digest foods, absorb vitamins from from those foods. So that's very very key. Um, you also have because kombucha is brewed from tea, you get all the antioxidant benefits from tea, um, and then finally the, the kind of the organic acids that get synthesized when you make kombucha. The main one being acetic acid, which is what gives it that kind of apple cider vinegar tang that's very good for boosting energy uh, and lowering your blood sugar levels and i think that's probably the main reason why 
immediately as you're drinking it you kind of feel a bit more energized and you feel good yeah no definitely I mean I can definitely vouch that it definitely makes you feel good and I think that's why it's quite a nice alternative to alcohol because if you're not drinking when you drink you obviously feel good so if this is a great alternative because you can still have that really great feeling but without the alcohol which is quite nice oh, I totally agree and also it's uh, apart from when you're drinking is there's also an occasion to it and when you're drinking a kombucha you've got much much more complexity in the product you know that a lot of kind of care and process has been used to to make it um, and I think that really adds to the experience rather than drinking an alcoholic product and almost feel feeling like you're you're missing out so I think kombucha is really really good for that that's so true actually and there's also obviously different flavors and there's like different notes to it like obviously how you'd have wine and you'd have like different tasting notes I kind of feel a bit like that when I'm having kombucha because yeah. you're a bit like oh I can taste a bit of this I can taste <laughs> a bit of that like it's interesting to drink it's not just like a solid flavor like there's different layers to it I'd say so yeah, yeah you definitely don't feel like you're missing out which is which is good and do you think people have more awareness of their gut health now but compared to like I don't know five six years ago definitely I mean I so I only heard about gut health on that trip to America where we discovered kombucha, which was um, which was basically six six years ago, um, I, I think there's much, much, much more awareness now, but I also feel it's still incredibly low. Um, and I mean, even, you know, when I'm, the other day I was sampling in a, in a Whole Foods in London and you'd kind of expect everyone there to be all over kombucha, all over gut health. And still we met so many people that had never heard of kombucha or, or what it is. Um, so I think there is a lot more awareness, but really, really at the at the kind of foothills of that of that understanding um, and awareness, which is which is really exciting, really. Definitely, it is quite fascinating. I think, especially for you guys, when like you're so aware, you're in your like Momo bubble where every day everyone knows yeah. exactly, and then you go to Whole Foods where you kind of think, yeah, we're going to share a lot of similar views with a lot of diff- a lot of people here. They're kind of coming into Whole Foods. They've got that kind of they're probably healthy or health conscious. They'll know. And then, so you learn a bit about them. But then when you think of the UK as a whole, you're like, God, wow, like, it's a challenge, but it's really exciting because there's so much that we can, like, teach people here and, like, people are going to feel so great if they try kombucha. But it's, yeah, it is quite an exciting challenge, I guess. Yeah. And so going on to Momo as a kind of business and kind of as, um, I read that you would say it's like your third child. So it's very much part of the family. Can you talk about how it is kind of part of the family and how it kind of works within your like family dynamic sure so yeah so we've got um so my wife and I we started the the brand together um we had our first child was Cece so she's now four nearly nearly five I always think of Momo as the second child in the middle just about to turn four and then we've got Kaya who's uh who's just about to turn three in in a couple of weeks um I mean it's it's I mean kind of any any parent will know the the journey of having kids and small kids uh incredibly exciting incredibly rewarding and then also incredibly challenging at at times um but you know looking on all the the kind of positives we we do both have the flexibility it's our business so we can you know we can drop the kids off at kindergarten we can leave early if we need to see the kids so I I now am able to leave almost every day to get home for bedtime, spend a good amount of time with them, see them in the morning, 
at my old job that just wouldn't wouldn't have been wouldn't have been possible um and i think it's one of the nicest things actually that uh that we do it together me and lisa is that it does feel you know we were the ones that right at the beginning kind of birthed that idea made it happen bring it into the world and then seeing it kind of grow up and then essentially as it is now and has been for the last year or so really starting to become you know its own thing and it's now so much bigger than than us and we've got a team we're now eight people um so you do really feel that your your baby is is growing growing up definitely but then there was a time when you had a one-year-old momo and then a little baby how was that when you had actually no you had the baby and then you had momo sorry wrong way around so how was having two kind of children at the same time how was how was that process yeah it was um it was pretty tough especially because we started the business from home so we so we live in london but we were doing all the brewing in the kitchen and then i was carrying the glass jars up the stairs and we converted one of the rooms into a fermentation room and then i'd have to bring the, the finished kombucha down the stairs and then we would always bottle it bottle it together in our kitchen we then had five fridges and we had crates and crates and crates of finished kombucha in the kitchen that was second fermenting and then in the garden we would have which was quite a small space outside we would always have about 50 glass jars so you you could barely even open the doors to the the outside space that's a hell of a lot of glass with a toddler kind of crawling around um, starting to pull themselves up and trying to kind of climb up the crates opening the fridge doors and knocking the bottles out um my parents would actually often come up so while we were bottling they would look after look after cc to kind of help us out and you we just had to you know we just had to make it make it work um unfortunately it did work but it was yeah it was it was difficult i mean amazing memories but i can imagine that <laughs> yeah. is such a challenge i mean i don't have children and i do it all from home and it's a challenge and i'm yeah. like oh my god i actually was just looking after my family dog so I had to look after the dog and I was obviously doing everything with the business as well. And I was like, this is too much to juggle in itself. <laughs> like I've got the dog running around and I'm trying to like pack boxes and I don't want to get any hairs in. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, I can imagine that is um, a chat was a challenge, but I guess it's fun to look back on for yeah. sure. I remember actually one of the things when we just, bef- this was before we launched and we buy our bottles from, from Germany and it was a kind of classic, just early founder mistake. Um, but I had to order a minimum of, we started with three flavors. I had to order a minimum of three pallets. So one pallet per flavor. And even just naively, I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. Ha- completely hadn't, hadn't thought it through. So this lorry turns up outside our house and drops three pallets of bottles on the pavement, which obviously can't fit into the front door. So we had to spend about 12 hours that day just taking the bottles off the pallet into crates stashing the crates around the house as much as we could and then realizing that they didn't obviously didn't fix there was just so so many of them so i had to you know arrange a kind of lock up down the road and then just ferried in the car the crates of empty bottles to and from this this lock up again got my parents up got them involved unloading the pallets and you're kind of thinking it really makes you realize how little you know you're like what is going on oh my god (laughs) I actually have a very similar story that's happened very recently where I ordered 500 boxes of packaging 
And then they called me and they said, do you have a forklift? And I was like, no. Um, and I was thinking, how, how is this going to arrive? And it was like, on a lorry. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh no. And I'm here, obviously, in a flat and everything's kind of on a balcony. And I thought, this isn't sounding great. It's all on crates. <laughs> so I called up my parents and I was like, do you mind if I like get all the packaging delivered home? Because I just don't think I can have it here. That was fine. So rearranged the address. It arrives and the lorry can't like fit up the drive. So we have to then take all the boxes off the lorry and then ferry them up. And now every time I need to get boxes, well, I take a, I kind of ferry them back and forth from Somerset yeah. when I need them. And I'm like, again what am I doing but it's all part of the journey for sure it is for sure so do your children um enjoy kombucha is it part of their I mean it might be very early for them to start drinking it but are they drinking it already or is there a bit of an age they love they love kombucha yeah and actually it's really funny because when we do when we do samplings I'll always offer it to two kids and the parents will so often say oh they're not going to like that and I say well you, you might be surprised and the kids try it and I don't know if you've ever seen a little toddler suck a lemon but they'll kind of pull a bit of a face and then just go back for more <laughs> and my, my experience is not all and it's really surprised me but most kids really really love kombucha that's really and if cool. that gets them off high sugar soft drinks and I think that's it's a really really fantastic thing yeah that is really cool and like what are your children's favorite flavors so uh, Cece will usually go for the elderflower, which is or the green one, as she calls it. Uh, and Kyra will usually go for the raspberry hibiscus okay. or the pink one. Nice. That's so nice. That's so good. I mean, yeah, if children can kind of switch to kombucha rather than, I don't know, Coca-Cola or Sprite or something, yeah. then that's great. Win-win. Yeah. Now, I want to touch on the name Momo because I've done a bit of research on this and I love what I re- was reading about the history of the name and why it's called Momo. So do you mind sharing a bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, well, actually, the story of the name, we, we were initially going to call it Batch Kombucha. Um, and it was my idea because we would, I knew we were going to do it in the small glass jars. So I wanted the batch in kind of very small, dainty fonts. So it would kind of be small batch. Um, and then when we tried to get, so we had all the domains for that. And then when we tried to get it trademarked, we weren't allowed to use Batch Kombucha because they thought it was too descriptive so then we had to think of a new name and as you know thinking of names for brands is really 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 hard and we weren't getting anywhere we had lists we came up with a lot of terrible names and we decided one day we were just going to sit on the sofa and not get up until we thought of a name and while we were on the sofa my wife saw on the bookshelf her favourite children's book as a child, which is called Momo uh, by Mikael Ender. And I don't know if you know the book, but it's a it's kind of a philosophy book for kids, although it's also a very, big, uh, very good book for adults. And Momo is a child in the book, and she essentially reminds the adults what's important in life. So playing and spending time with with loved ones and family and talking and listening to each other so as soon as we landed on that we thought this is this is perfect um and really glad we ended up with momo and now when i look back and think we were going to call it batch i'm so grateful that we couldn't because i think momo works so much better but slight word of warning to your to your listeners we then got all excited and thought okay well let's then get this trademarked 
And as soon as we put in the trademark application, a Chinese robot, uh, they essentially scan them and they check if you've booked the domain names. Um, so as soon as they saw Momo Kombucha, they booked the, you know, they bought momokombucha.com. Uh, and then when we got the, the trademark came through and we then went to get the website, which is the wrong way around of doing it and a bit of a mistake, it was gone. And this person then gets in touch with you saying, if you would like Momo Kombucha, I'm willing to sell it for, I think he wanted $10,000 or something, which we obviously said no to because we didn't have any money and we were just, just starting, um, which is why now we're momo-kombucha.com. Okay. Uh, so a bit of a word of, word of oh warning. Oh my then. God, that's so interesting. It's so annoying actually, that whole thing, because I was actually talking to someone about this on Wednesday because I... I'm greedyvegan.uk. I'm not .com and I'm not .co.uk because they're taken. Yeah. And that really, really annoys me. And there is a greedy vegan van who drives around selling plant-based products. They were actually outside here. And I was like, and they have .co.uk. And I was like, this is so annoying. But it's one of those things that, yeah, error on my behalf. Like I should have, maybe change the name and just you know found something original that I, I could you know have .co.uk with but I guess early days like you're so passionate and excited and when you fall on a name that you love like you don't want to switch and you're a bit stubborn about it that was me anyway yeah and I was like it will be fine and it is fine but obviously in the dream world you have obviously your the one that you want yeah um but yeah interesting that they have those robots out there that try and then get it and sell it to you yeah it's very very frustrating have they kept trying to sell it to you no so actually um i heard i heard that there was a process you could go through and does cost a bit of money not not ten thousand dollars uh and if they are just sitting on it and they're clearly not using it there is a legal process you can go through to get it back which i was actually just about to do um and then when I checked, they'd actually let it go. So we now have bought it for a, uh, a small, smaller price. Um, but actually now we're quite married to momo-kombucha.com and we, we like the separation. But yeah. it's at least good that we've got it so we can protect it and maybe we can redirect people if anyone Definitely. goes to momo-kombucha.com. Definitely. So it worked out in the end. Like it Patience worked. is key, I it guess. It did work out in the end, yeah. <laughs> but going back to the book, because I... When I did some research and found out that it was named after this book, I was like, I wonder why. So then I kind of researched a bit about the book. And the themes of that book are so interesting because they definitely relate to kombucha and like the way it makes you feel. Mm. Because I read it was about a bit about stress and also a bit about consumerism. And kind of like you mentioned how we kind of need to take a step back and kind of realize like what life's all about and relax and kind of just take take in your surroundings and kind mm. of enjoy and I was a bit like that's actually so makes so much sense because when you're having your kombucha and you're feeling great and you're probably at a, having a moment with friends or you're probably taking time to have lunch or even just taking a break like I guess it really feeds into like the themes of the book yeah it's and it was it was it was very very closely linked to where kind of where we were coming from as we were starting the business so we both we both had very stressful jobs uh, where you, we were working very long hours, very, very hard. And it was about um, kind of moving away from that. So with the, the kind of language we came up with when we started, the way we were really feeling was we wanted to do something 
that was healthier and we felt more connected to and that's a very big parallel with the with the book um and without going into too much detail about the book the adults in the book kind of get taken over by this they're called the men in gray suits and they're convinced to just work harder and harder and harder and kind of the more they their idea is the more they work the more they save for the future and then all of that work will pay off at some point in the future rather than being kind of focused on the present focused on the now you know making sure that every day you are taking time to do the, the things that you love so, okay yeah, amazing so it mirrors kind of you and Lisa's journey as yeah. well as the product itself exactly that's yeah. really cool and Momo and kombucha as a whole is kind of part of like one's healthy lifestyle and like I guess a certain lifestyle as well like it's a lifestyle product to an extent like you're buying into making yourself feel good from the inside and I wanted to ask a bit about I kind of we've kind of touched on it a little bit but how your lifestyle is and like your family's lifestyle is as a result of kind of mirroring that kind of looking after yourself and feeling good and does that lifestyle get mirrored in your like day to day with the family? We try. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard, I guess. Yes, yeah, I mean it is hard, but I do. I do feel, and we've, um, my wife and I have been doing some kind of personal coaching over the last the last year to really try and embed the right habits. Um, don't get it right all the time, but I feel, yeah, we are starting to bring in. You know, I think balance is probably something you're never gonna never gonna find, but just bringing in more things that give give the week balance in terms of lifestyle for us sleep is super important so we we generally try and you know try and go to bed early and get get the right amount of sleep uh we try we're good at trying to encourage each other to take time in the week to do things just for yourself because otherwise it's very easy to have your whole week just dominated by momo and then looking after two kids which is very full-on or both things are kind of very very full-on so um you know for me personally yoga swimming wakeboarding just done my first rock climbing session which we did with the team so i'm going to try and get into that a little bit Mm. um and lisa loves yoga pottery singing in the choir so we're we are trying to find trying to find those those things and i would say also generally we do have pretty healthy healthy diets um which I think is also yeah also really really important. Yeah, no, definitely. And like touching on diet, how is how is your like addition to plant based? Like obviously kombucha kind of kind of links to a plant based diet to an extent. It's obviously a vegan drink, but it's kind of got the same same health benefits as a, as a plant based diet might have. Um, so do you guys cut back at all? Is it part of like do you try and work on that? What yeah, what's your relationship with the plant based world? Yeah, it's, it's something we are we are quite focused on. Um, neither of us neither of us are totally strict, but we've significantly cut down the amount of um, fish and meat that we eat at home. We usually and when we and when we do, it's usually more of a kind of occasions. We will often have you know roast chicken on a Sunday, all the family together, and that feels like a really kind of nice nice thing to do. Um, but during during the week, I'd say both of us are almost almost entirely vegetarian um with the kids it's an extra challenge it's a challenge to get them to eat anything you know quote unquote healthy Mm -hmm. um if they could choose they would eat 
pasta butter and cheese only i think <laughs> so you know getting some sort of chicken into the diet feels like a better thing than just you know white white food um so that is always you know is is always a bit of bit of a balance um but it's definitely yeah definitely something where um we're keen on and um and and that has changed really over the last the last few years i mean lisa's always been much more that that way um you know when i when i met her i had a lot of meat in my diet and she you know long before kombucha she'd started to make quite a big change on that um and yeah it's definitely a looking to looking to move further but yeah I guess it takes time and also I think it's nice to have that kind of treat if you want like on a Sunday or to make it I remember someone was telling me you should treat meat and fish like you treat alcohol like in moderation with friends or family like if you look at it like that then you'll pay that bit extra to get the organic chicken or the you know free range eggs and all that kind of stuff and you'll you'll make it that bit more special yeah. um, and I think that's quite a nice way of looking at it especially when you're trying to transition and you're trying to find that balance I guess that's a nice way to to look at it yeah um so my last two questions are firstly can you share what your favorite flavor is of kombucha for those who are probably wondering if they haven't tried Momo which ones they should probably go for like what would your recommendations be it yeah I mean it, it honestly changes kind of throughout throughout the year so I rarely ha- I don't really have a favorite flavor the whole time um it's probably if I had to choose it's turmeric which mm-hmm. is funny enough probably the um the least popular I think just because people see turmeric and they think they're not going to like it but whenever we do often when we do a sampling people will choose the turmeric as their as their most popular mm. as their favorite it's very has quite an earthy taste um it's quite unusual but I really really like that one there was also one we did at the beginning of this year we did a limited edition hops kombucha we timed it um so we launched at the beginning of January and it ran for just into the beginning of February essentially for dry Jan Mm -hmm. we partnered with a local brewery Orbit Beers and it was a really 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 good product um really hoppy kind of poured like a hazy IPA um because it's unfiltered it kind of had the depth of a beer had kind of that bite from the kombucha so a lot of some non-alcoholic beers I think can almost be a little bit thin but it didn't have any of that so it was really 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 good that I was really proud of that one actually the not that it had anything to do with me but the brewers did a did a really good job and I think we might be doing another run of that towards the uh the end of the year in time for the the world cup yeah amazing that sounds really really great I mean, my personal favourite is the ginger and lemon. Yeah, that's the most popular. Yeah, yeah, I just think it's so fresh and anything with ginger makes you feel really great. And like the lemon, I don't know, I love the balance. I think it's really nice. Um, But I actually was at the Speciality Fine Food Fair and I met some of your team and we were just chatting and like I hadn't tried the turmeric one. And I tried it and I was like, actually, this is super nice as well. Mm. Um, But they're all really nice. The elderflower one's really great as well. I love them all. All the flavors are really Thank great. You. Um, so I always finish with the same question. So you might be prepared for it if you've heard any of the episodes. But could you please share what your last meal would be? Starter, main course and dessert. Yeah, so I have thought about this. Um, so I'm going to go for three of the kind of restaurants that we're that we're close to that I just love. So the starter would be 
uh, Samphire Pakora and Belle Puri from Cricket in Brixton. Oh, okay. I've heard so many good things about Cricket. I've never been there. It's, yeah, you should do it. It's, it's really, really great. Um, they're, they're just the ultimate accompaniment to a beer as well. Very, very good, um, good starters. Mm-hmm. Then I mentioned it earlier, but the main would have to be from Ganapati. So the weather's starting to get a bit colder now. Um, just anything from there is, is great. Uh, their parata, their their rice, poppadoms. Um, I probably go for their masala dosa and their dal. So mm. really, lots of uh, lots of things in the in the main course. Yeah. And then I'm not a massive pudding person, but uh, there's a place called Naughty Piglets, which oh. is just down the road from us, and they do this. It's a chocolate mousse with a kind of miso butterscotch crumbled over it, so you wow. get all the kind of smoothness and lightness from the the mousse and then this crunchy topping that's really sweet it's just wow. it's incredible that sounds insane naughty yeah. piglets is a great name as well yeah really really good restaurant Very yeah nice. whereabouts is that uh it's in it's in brixton near hooten annie's okay so i need institution, to check if you know that i need to check that out because that sounds delicious well thank you so much josh for coming on and sharing all the inside scoop about Momo and like how it's integrated into your family life and the story from the beginning it's been so interesting so thank you so much pleasure thanks for having me thank you guys so much for listening I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did I'm a huge Momo kombucha fan I've really been introduced to the whole world of kombucha probably within the last two years and I absolutely love it and I think what Momo do is absolutely amazing and I really hope you guys think so too so thanks again and see you next week (laughs) 